This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast, because marriage without maintenance will break. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. Nothing makes a house look nicer, faster than a fresh coat of paint. You can also make your marriage nicer by painting over resentment and hurt. If you would like to follow along with the show notes, visit fixeruppermarriage.org slash paint. The outside may be painted and the inside walls can be painted and really make a huge difference in the way a house looks. It doesn't take a whole lot using paint to make a house look better. And your marriage can look a lot better to you by painting over resentment and hurt feelings that you may have. You you may bring things into marriage or you may create things in your marriage that cause damage or hurt in your relationship. You you can paint over those things. You can learn how to deal with resentment and hurt in your marriage. Prep work is something that has to be done whenever you're going to paint. I have a friend who is a professional painter by trade. And actually, some of the stuff that, that I have here came from him, the paint buckets and the little odds and ends he let me use so that we could have some, some decor in here. But he's a professional painter, and he told me that the key to painting, the, the key to having a good paint job is what happens before you actually paint. He said you have to go in, and you have to patch the holes in the wall, and you have to go in, and you have to really take a lot of time and meticulously tape around windows and fixtures to really make the paint job come out right. And then he, he puts on a coat of, of primer to make sure that the colors are right that he's putting on there. It's the same way in marriage. You, before you can paint over resentment and hurt in your marriage first, you have to prepare for it. There are some things you have to do in preparation for that before you can actually paint over them. The reason people try to paint and they don't do any prep work is because it's hard to do prep work. That's what takes so long. You got a spray gun, you just go over real quick, or you like me, I don't have the patience for painting. You know, I just want to take the roller and just start going at it. But, you know, there's stuff you have to do. There's things you have to do beforehand. And before you can fix resentment and hurt in your marriage and in your heart, there's things you have to do first. So here's some tips to help you in confronting your feelings of resentment and hurt in marriage. They should be on your copy this morning. Number one, talk to God about the way you feel. God already knows about your hurt and resentments that you may have. So he's a perfect person to open up to. You can tell him exactly how you've been hurt by your spouse or outside incidents that may affect your marriage. But you can open up to him about it and it can strengthen your relationship with him and also your relationship with your spouse. Hurt is one of those things that usually happens from an incident that happens. Just one incident sometimes can hurt us and damage us. Resentment is something that just builds up over time. This happened and this happened and this happened. All of a sudden now I resent my spouse. Now I have feelings of resentment toward my spouse because she's done this to me or he's done this to me or he hasn't done this for me. And now over time that resentment builds up. You can talk to God about the way you feel. One of the names of God is even counselor. You can talk to him. He's someone you can talk to. That's Isaiah chapter 9 verse number 6. Hurts are tied to one incident, but resentment builds up over time. You can talk to God about the way that you feel to confront the person who has hurt you. One of the most pointed principles of Scripture is the idea that when someone has hurt you, when someone has harmed you or you feel harmed by someone, 
it's clear in Scripture that you should confront that person. You should deal with the hurt and resentment. You know, in fact, the Bible even says you can't really give gifts to God if you have resentment in your heart towards someone else. In Matthew chapter 5, in verse 23, the Bible says this, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother has aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother, then come and offer thy gift. So God says, if you're bringing something to the altar and there you remember, oh my goodness, my brother has something against me. Go to the, your brother and try to make things right. So that's the way it is with the person that's hurt us. We have to go to that person and try to, especially if it's our spouse, you want to go to them and try to have some rec- reconciliation and confront them about what they did. The same principle applies in church discipline in Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, there's a process Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So if there's a problem with your spouse or whoever has harmed you or hurt you, Bible principle is to face that person. And if your spouse especially, sit down and work through those differences with your spouse. Those things that have caused resentment, you need to deal with that by confronting the person who has caused resentment in your life. And by doing that, by the way, you're confronting the way you feel yourself. Even in straight regards to in the marriage covenant, the principle is just it's just plain. If you refuse to get things right with your spouse, if you refuse to hear your spouse, God will refuse to hear you until you do. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them. This is first Peter chapter three and verse seven. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as into the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So if we don't if we if we don't do right by our spouse, if we're not right with our spouse, our prayers will be hindered. God always hears us, but God's not going to answer prayers that we have until we make things right with our spouse. No, your marriage relationship is too important to ruin it over something you just sit down and work out. Those feelings of resentment that have built up over time. When you just sit down and work those things out, it's not worth ruining your marriage over. Sometimes by sitting down with your spouse and talking about those things, those things that have caused resentment, your spouse may not realize the impact that they've had. Your spouse may not have the realization in their mind that what they have done has really caused as much resentment for you. But if you're willing to sit down and talk about it, it also lets your spouse aware of their actions and how they're impacting the way that you feel or the resentment that you have in your heart. As hard as this may be, is making yourself vulnerable to your spouse that can actually save your marriage and your future. I mean, why let something bother you for weeks, months, or even years when you just face them and get through those things together as a couple? You're keeping your feelings in for too long. It's like a poison in it. It just poisons your relationship and just poisons you. And you just put the kids to bed and sit down and talk about how you feel about things in your life and things that are going on in your marriage. Also, you can write a letter, write a letter. You know, sometimes writing things down kind of puts things in logical form. When I'm upset, when I'm hurting, when I'm angry, Things don't always make sense, and I may say things that really don't make sense. When I write down how I feel, all of a sudden it starts to make sense to me, and then I'm able to convey what I'm thinking in a more reasonable manner. 
It's the same way when you kind of distance yourself from the situation and you can kind of see maybe I'm not being the person that I need to be. Maybe not. I'm maybe I'm not being as fair as I should be to my spouse. It can also help you develop sympathy toward your spouse. You may not have realized you may have stopped to think, hey, my spouse is going through something, too. I've been resentful toward my spouse for something going on. You know what? My spouse has some problems. My spouse is also going through some things. And maybe by writing it down, you can kind of step back and look. There's more going on than just how you feel. So writing a letter can help you in this regard, can help maybe not solve the problem, but it can help you to understand a little bit more about what's going on. You know, it doesn't excuse the wrong that your spouse is doing, but by understanding a little bit of where they're coming from, it helps you to deal with them and helps you to work with them. Maybe you're not going to be so angry and ready to hit them with a frying pan if you understand a little bit about maybe I could understand why he would have done that. Or I could understand why she would have felt that way because of what I've done or the circumstances that we're in at the time. As a young married couple, my wife and I were so excited when she was with child with our first baby. And we were so excited and we went through several months and it didn't end well for us, and she was, uh, our baby was stillborn. It was such a heartbreaking thing to happen. Those days just became darker and darker for us. It was a very difficult time. I don't remember who it was or who told us to do this or where it came from, but someone told us to write a letter to our child that had, that had died. And my first thought was, why would you do that? The child is gone. You know what, we did that, and I actually wrote a very long letter. You know, we sit down, you start saying how you're feeling. It just puts things into perspective. So writing things down, for whatever reason, puts your feelings into perspective. If you write a letter and you write this letter out, it's about your spouse, you may or may not want to share it with them, right? You may want to tear it up, or maybe you do want to share it. This is how I feel. Maybe I can't express this in the words, but... Let's sit down and look at this. This is how I feel. This is what I've been going through in my mind. And this is the resentment. This is I feel this way about you. I feel this way about our marriage. What can we do to fix this? Are you willing to work with me to get this problem that we have fixed? So sometimes writing things down makes a big difference in your mind just to put things in a logical perspective and just to have things written down. So you're clear on how you feel and what's going on. It gives you that perspective. Get help when needed. There are times when you may need professional help to work through some problems. I think about pastors and Christian counselors are a great, great place to start. You know, if you need help, doesn't mean you're less of a Christian or that you're somehow less valuable to God. It just means you need help. I mean, sometimes we just need to get over our pride, our self-righteousness and find somebody that can help us. And sometimes I think about, you know, preachers when preachers are preaching, a lot of times the sermon is almost like given because the preacher wants a response. It's like we have the call to action at the end. We call it the altar call. I mean, here it is. Everything comes to a point and we've got this soft music playing in the background. And I'm trying to convince you to make a decision or the preacher's trying to convince you to come to the altar and do something. Was well, because he wants you to make a decision and it helps the preacher because he sees these people are getting help. The altars are full. God did something. Sometimes the problems that you're having aren't fixed by just coming to the altar. Sometimes problems that we have in our life are not quick fixes. It takes some time to work through those things, and you may need help. It may take weeks or months to get to fully recover from whatever's going on in your life, and you may need help from someone who's a qualified individual. 
you, someone you can sit down and, and can help you through your problems. But there's value in prep work, just like painting a house. I mean, there's so much value in doing that prep work by taking the time before you paint. You establish a better foundation for that paint by taking that extra time to fill in the cracks. You really make the paint. In the end of the day, that paint job is going to look a lot better. If you can just do some personal prep work in your marriage before you try to paint over things, you make beautiful improvements to your marriage and your relationship. You can paint over. Now you can be ready after you do the prep work. You're ready to paint over hurt and resentment in your marriage. Paint over your feelings of resentment and hurt. Number one, with the story that your marriage tells. Your marriage tells a gospel story. We talk about this a lot, don't we? Buried in the Bible instructions for husband and wives in Ephesians chapter 5 is this great secret. And Paul calls it, I speak, he says, I speak a mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Your marriage and my marriage is a picture of the amazing grace of our Savior, how Jesus shows mercy to us and, and marriage is this beautiful picture. You're not just painting pretty colors on the walls of your life with your marriage. You're painting this beautiful mural depicting the love of Christ that he has for the believing sinner. That's what our marriage is. It's like a mural. It's like a story that tells the story of Christ and the church. It's a story of the gospel, isn't it? But it all boils down to is Marriage is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every time you forgive your spouse and you let things go, you paint the picture of God's forgiveness and his love for you. you know when, your kids, when your kids see you have a disagreement, when your kids see that you're upset with each other, and then they see you holding hands later, and they see that you made things right with each other, they get this picture and this image of, in their mind of, guess what? God's forgiveness God's forgiveness and his mercy toward us that, yes, I can be right with God. I can get my life and heart right with God because of what they see. And whenever they wherever they go in life, if they have that image and that picture in their mind, wherever they go, wherever life takes them, they'll always have that image of their mom and dad in their heart and in their mind. And it's that picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can be forgiven. I can be reconciled just like my mom and dad were reconciled with each other. Additionally, when you consider the culture of our day, if you stay together by practicing love and forgiveness, guess what you become? You become the oddball. I mean, you become the strange statistic in society. You're still married. You still love each other. I mean, people get married today and they just they just go ahead and say, you know, I want to go all out because this is my first marriage. Because they already just know that somewhere something's going to happen down the road that they're probably going to divorce because everybody they know has been divorced. But you know what? When you, you become the exception by practicing love and faithfulness to each other, when people see that you have a great marriage, you can point them to your faith in Christ. It exemplifies the gospel merit, the gospel message so, so greatly. I mean, more than, I guess, any other picture in this world that we have today other than the scriptures. I mean, it just depicts the gospel story so much. Marriage between a man and a woman who are, who are right with God paints the picture of the gospel, the gospel story, your love story. You know, every couple has a story. It's a story of two paths that cross and forever change. When you meet for the first time, you realize you're in love and then you say your wedding vows. And then the moments developed into the story that your love is. And every day you add a little bit more color and variety to that story that you have. Living together and loving each other is what makes your story meaningful. And having a relationship, whether you're in love, 
that makes the story of your love meaningful. Satan is the mastermind at undermining things, isn't he? He is absolutely has his master's degree in undermining anything you want to do for God. And he knows what marriage means for the gospel. He knows that picture. He can see it. And so he tries to do everything he can. He tries to do everything he can to destroy marriage. A couple that loves God and wants to do right. He does everything he can. He comes up with every device that he possibly can to ruin your marriage. And we all know they're out there, right? Everything under the sun he can think of. I mean, there's disagreements about family. There's resentment. There's pride. Even hurts that drive a marriage. You're happily married and all of a sudden something happens. All of a sudden you turn around and you resent each other. It's the devil does these things because he wants to destroy marriage. He's the author of confusion. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11. Lest Satan should gain an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Though Satan desires to destroy what God has created in marriage. Number two, words of encouragement. You can paint over resentment and hurt in your marriage with words of encouragement, grace, and forgiveness. You can paint over hurt and resentment of your marriage with words of encouragement, grace, and forgiveness. The power of words. You know, from the beginning of time, the story of redemption and the history of man were shared audibly through words. Adam and Eve set their sons down, Cain, Abel, and Seth. They set them down and told them what God had told them. They set them down and told them about Jehovah God. And that story was passed along. It was passed along audibly through words until Moses finally penned the first five books of the Bible. And up until that time, as far as I know, it's probably the case that it was just passed along from generation to generation. People memorize the story that my dad told me, and then they passed it on to their kids. And that's the way God designed the story of the gospel to be shared. That's because there's so much power in words. And then he, he puts his words in writing, right? Because there's so much power. Words are very powerful. God made his words so powerful that he used them to share the gospel of Christ with mankind. And those words are so powerful that they absolutely can change your life for eternity. The words that God speaks, the power of words. Words are incredibly powerful and enabling. You know, whoever it was that said, sticks and stones may break my bones. We say that when I was in school. I don't know where it comes from. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, we say that as we're crying, we're being bullied in school. But the truth is that words do hurt you and words can damage your marriage and hurt your relationship in ways you really can't fathom. You can't even imagine the damage that words can do. You don't have to be married long to realize that saying the wrong thing to your spouse can be absolutely devastating to them. You can hurt them with the power of your words. Many a husband has slain their marriage with hateful words to their spouse. And there's been many wives that have driven their husbands away through harsh, nagging words. Because words are powerful. Words are important. And you can paint over resentment in your marriage by using words that build up. By words that are encouraging, that give grace and forgiveness to one another. The Bible admonishes us to use words that edify instead of tearing down. That's the word the Bible uses, edification. It's not your place to criticize your spouse, but to edify and to build them up. It becomes your responsibility within the bonds of marriage to build up your spouse. Listen to this. 
Ephesians 4, verse 29, here's the principle. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So if your words are in the right perspective with your, with your spouse, then that communication that you have with them should minister grace and edification to them, not criticism, not tearing them down. Here's some examples of helpful words in marriage. I love you. It's powerful words, isn't it? When we say the words, I love you. But I love you without the but. I love you without the conjunction, right? I love you, honey, but. No, that's not what you do. The, the power in the word comes from I love you. Those words are very powerful words. How about I admire you for? Honey, I admire you for this. I admire you for doing this. Those are powerful words of encouragement and grace. How about saying thank you every now and then? How about saying thank you to your spouse? Thank you for what you did for me. Thank you for making my supper, even though the kids were crawling all over you, even though I know that you had a lot of things going on. Thank you for cooking my favorite meal. Thank you for... Thank you for working so hard to take care of our family. Those are powerful words. How about I am sorry? I know people that can't say that. They can't say I'm sorry. But those are powerful words that can help your marriage by saying and meaning it, by saying I am sorry for what I did. And sometimes, you know, we we just say those words. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just because we don't want to. We want to argue anymore, right? But when you if you can step back and think about it and really be sorry, those are powerful words. I am sorry for what I did. I am sorry for what I said. Words are powerful and helpful in marriage. How about I forgive you? Those are powerful words. See how marriage reflects the gospel? See how it reflects so incredibly and amazingly. It it reflects the gospel. I forgive you. We hear those words from Christ, don't we? In the Bible, I forgive you. Words are powerful. Words have meaning. Try incorporating these words more into your marriage and take extra effort to compliment your spouse instead of criticizing them. When the opportunity arises, how about this? How about complimenting your spouse instead of criticizing them? We go a long way into helping your marriage. You go a long way into offering words of encouragement and grace and forgiveness. It would help with those negative feelings you may be having toward your spouse. Paint your marriage with beautiful words And you'll discover the beautiful relationship that you've been missing. Use words to paint over the resentment that you've had in your marriage and the hurt. Use words to do that. Number three, you can paint over resentment in your marriage with the joys of the here and now. You cannot change the past. Although you may have made, like me, regrettable mistakes, you absolutely cannot turn back time and change things. No, in the 80s, there was this popular movie called Back to the Future. Y'all remember that? And uh, Marty McFly was the main character, and he finds this old car that, can, I guess it was new then. It looks old now. But he found this car that could go back in time. And so he goes back in time. And then he realizes when he gets back to normal time that what he did in the past really made some bad mistakes. It really made some terrible mistakes. And then he had to go back back in time and then go back to the future to fix the problems that he 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 created he discovered that the past what he did in the past changed the present we can't go back as much as i would love to have a time traveling delorean machine where i could go back and and not say what i said and not do what i said and 
not make that stupid decision that I made and not treat my wife the way that I treated her on that particular day or not make this mistake that I made or this mistake that I made that really hurt our relationship. And I wish I could just go back into. You can't do that. You can't go back in time. You can't correct mistakes that you made in the past. Therefore, it's important to, to focus on the now. It's important to focus on what's going on right now. You can't spend time fretting or or worrying about what you did in the past or mulling over your past mistakes. And listen to the words of the Apostle Paul when he talks about things in his past. Forgetting those things that are behind, right? Remember when the Bible says that? Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth and those things which are before Philippians 3, 13. You have to just put the past in the past. I mean, mistakes that we've made, arguments that we've had. We've really flubbed the dub and said things that we shouldn't have said. You have to let those things go. It's time to just live in the moment that we're in right now. You cannot change the past. You cannot predict the future. You have to understand that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You can't predict the future. You don't know what's going to transpire as soon as tomorrow. You never know what sort of crisis or loss you may be facing tomorrow. We have no idea. Your spouse may not be with you tomorrow. Something could happen tomorrow or next year, this next Mother's Day, you may not have your spouse anymore because we absolutely cannot predict what's going to happen tomorrow. We have no idea. Therefore, it's important not to focus too much on the future, a future that's really not that much in your control. And focus on where you're at right now and your relationship with your spouse. It's like we go through our problems and we have problems in our marriage and this is Focus on the future, but you know what? You, it's okay to plan for the future. It's okay to plan for retirement. But you know what? You have to live where you're at right now in your marriage. Enjoy the now that you're in. Live in the moment with your spouse. You can never get your time back. You can never get the moments back. Enjoy the moment that you're in. Stop what's going on. Stop worrying about what you can't control in the past, what you can't change. Stop worrying about the future that you have no control over. But what can you control? You control right now. You control what's going on right now in your life. You control what's going on right now in your marriage. You may be stressful with the kids and with problems, but you can control what's going on. You can enjoy what's going on in your life right now. You can enjoy the spouse that God has given you. You can paint over your feelings of resentment and hurt with the story that your marriage tells. Number two, with words of encouragement, grace, and forgiveness. And number three, with the joys of the here and now. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. If you have found this episode helpful, consider sharing it with a friend. Remember that God has great things planned for your marriage. So don't miss it.